Here's today's reminder. If your church is going to grow, you have to equip your leaders. But how do you do this? How do you empower the leaders at your church to lead well? Join us at equiplab.com backslash church leaders. We're here to equip your ministry team to thrive. Just go to equiplab.com backslash church leaders and join us today. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Day. And before I introduce our next podcast topic, I have an exciting announcement. On July 1st, the team at Outreach welcomed Ed Stetzer as general editor of Outreach Media Group and editor-in-chief of Outreach Magazine. Among his many roles and accomplishments, Ed is executive director of the Wheaton College Billy Graham Center and dean of the School of Mission, Ministry, and Leadership, as well as the regional director for Lausanne, North America. Now, as part of his new role at Outreach, he'll be taking over as host of the Church Leaders Podcast, which will relaunch in August as the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast. Ed is a trusted voice in the fields of church planting, evangelism, missiology, and cultural engagement, and will bring his experience into our conversations with the church leaders who are helping us navigate these challenging times. It has been an absolute joy and privilege to host the Church Leaders Podcast. I've loved getting to have conversations with amazing church leaders about all aspects of ministries and to come alongside you, our listeners, in learning how to love well and lead well as we serve the body of Christ together. Thank you for joining me on that journey. Now, as we look forward to our relaunch as the Stetzer Church Leaders Podcast, we thought it would be helpful to explore the benefits and the challenges of church online. Many churches were already streaming their services online before the COVID-19 pandemic, but the 2020 lockdowns compelled congregations to go online and expand their digital presence. Now that we're able to gather again, church leaders are wondering, what does church online look like in a post-COVID world? Ministry leaders have differing views about how to answer this question. Some believe that church can exist entirely online without ever meeting in person. Others believe that gathering in person at least some of the time is essential. For the next few weeks, we'll have conversations with church leaders from a variety of perspectives about how COVID-19 changed church and what that means for us going forward. And now on to this week's guest. Welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast, conversations with today's top ministry leaders to help you lead better every day. And now podcasting from scenic Colorado Springs, Colorado, here's your host, Jason Day. DJ Soto joins me this week as we discuss the power of virtual reality for church planting and disciple making. DJ is the founder and bishop of Virtual Reality Church and has helped plant multiple expressions of church online and digital communities, including Final Fantasy XIV, Black Desert Online, and Rust. In this episode, DJ and I talk about the pioneering spirit and innovation of the church throughout our history and why we need to continue to seek God's expansive direction for the church. DJ shares about virtual reality church and how your church can begin to explore this massive mission field. It's such a fascinating, thought-provoking, and hope-filled discussion. So let's dive into my conversation with DJ Soto. DJ, welcome to the Church Leaders Podcast. Thank you for making the time to join us today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Now, DJ, you began preaching in the world of virtual reality way back in 2016, which, as we sit here today, seems like forever ago, it, it, coming out of yeah. such a crazy year that we've come out of. Um, and, and at one point, you and your family you thought, you know, initially, 
God was, you thought, leading you in the direction to plant physical churches. And, um, and yet you find yourself in a very different place today. So for those who may not be familiar with your story, can you share a bit with us about the journey God has had you and your family on? Absolutely. Yes. Um, it's interesting just to look back and here in 2021 um, to see the journey of virtual reality church. And in some ways, we're kind of moving out of church plant phase into some maturity as we develop as a, as a body of Christ. Um, and, you know, for people that are just hearing about us now, we're not a pandem- pandemic pivot. Uh, we launched virtual reality church in 2016. Uh, before 2016, my wife and I were pastors at a physical church in Pennsylvania, a pretty large church there with a multi-campus um, expression of church. And actually, I was one of the campus pastors that helped launch their first campus. And um, it was about 2015, 2016, where we felt like God wanted us to do something new. And we didn't know what new meant, but we did think that meant playing physical churches. So we got into physical church planning mode. We were you know, attending conferences and church planning seminars and all those things to launch physical churches. Um, about that time in the spring of 2016, um, we had just left the ministry that we were part of, and we started hearing about uh, this new technology. Virtual reality was just coming into the into the marketplace. Now, to some degree, virtual reality has always been around. VR enthusiasts have said VR has been around for 30, 40, 50 years, and that's true. Except in this iteration, we've never seen it where you could go to Amazon or swing by Best Buy and pick up a VR device. That's the first time we've seen that um, as far as uh, in, at a consumer level. And so we're a, a techie family um, in the ministry where we're at. We, did, we helped them launch apps and online church and all those things. So we have a technological bent towards us. Uh, we have a passion for technology, uh, video games. And so uh, yeah, we got that for fun, not thinking too much about ministry that wasn't on our radar. And it was called the Oculus Rift is the name of the first VR device that we got, which is now, fast forward to today, it's owned by Ocu- or, uh, Facebook. Facebook spent billions of dollars to acquire this uh, technology, which is just kind of bookmark that in your brain as a church leader to, if you're watching technological trends, why would a software company spend billions of dollars to get into hardware? Facebook being a social a platform, you you can kind of dig and follow, pull the threads to see that they view virtual reality as the next iteration of social interaction. But anyways, uh, rewind back to 2016, we get we got the Oculus Quest and excuse me, the Oculus Rift, and um, we were just having fun with it, video games, uh, movies, experiences, and it's a technology that blew my mind from the first time I put it on. I could not believe it. And at that point in my life, you know, you, you feel like you've, you've experienced everything. You, you think <laughs> you've at least seen it all. And But we've never experienced anything like this where a new reality is coming over your eyes and it feels like you're transported. It's not a gimmick. It's not a, you know, some people say, is the technology compelling? It's absolutely compelling. And there's no shortage of videos. You can go on YouTube and see people reacting and jumping and falling um, because uh, it, in extreme examples too, uh, because they think they're falling off a cliff or this dinosaur is about to get them. And so uh, virtual reality has, has introduced a new uh, paradigm to computing where we've interacted, we've interacted uh, with digital technology with you know, our computers, our mouse, our keyboard, our phone. But now we're immersing 
in ourselves in this digital interaction through these 360 environments that we've never seen before. And so if people haven't seen it, it, it is hard to explain um, until you've actually experienced it. But and, and that's in, in the history of VR Church. I find that interesting because I can I've been to many conferences and many conversations about virtual reality church, you know, casting vision, raising funding. And, it, and until someone puts the headset on, um, that's when the light bulb comes on. So one quick story. Um, this uh, I was at a conference talking about VR Church, and there's this pastor in the audience, and he told me this later, who is in, inside nodding his head, this is not biblical, this is not theological, blah, 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 you know, that whole bit. And so um, afterwards we met, we were chatting, I was like, hey, you know, you should come to VR Church. He had a ministry um, in the Middle East, and so he came and talked about his ministry. I put him in a VR headset, and afterwards he took it off and says, "I need to do. I need to do this. This. I see your interaction. I see what's happening." And so, um, as we're talking about this in this podcast, and we're maybe we're introducing this idea to some leaders, and maybe those there are leaders who have already experienced it, already know what we're talking about. But for those that haven't, really, you have fifty percent of the of the understanding right now. We're introducing this idea of VR. The other fifty percent that you don't have is until you've tried it, until you've interacted with people from all across the world in avatar form. Anyways, get off on the rabbit trail. So we we uh, 2016 um, in the summer of 2016 we we started experiencing VR at the social level. Um, the spaces have come out, uh, I guess like social media of VR, it's a, not the best way to describe it, but um, where you're interacting with people all over the world in avatar form, you're giving each other a high five, you're saying hello, and I've never experienced that before. Um, the metaverse, that's a new word we're gonna be using in this next decade. Um, and. I just thought to myself, I mean, I would love to start a church here. And it was just an experiment at first. My first church service, there was, I think, five people showed up. And uh, for a, maybe a physical church planner, that'd be devastating that only five people came to your launch day. But I was so excited because there was a lot of potential there. And uh, none of the people that came uh, would probably identify with any type of faith system. Many uh, atheists came. And for the longest time, my um, church services were full of atheists and agnostics. Um, and so, yeah, 2016 is when we started a virtual reality church as an experiment. And then over the course of the year, people started coming. I started meeting other believers who were passionate about what we were doing in VR. And this, it was like an accidental church plant. It was May of 2017. I remember we had a little leadership forum, a little handful of volunteers. And we said, um, in a nutshell, this is a real church. No, this is no different from a church on the, um, you know, in your city or town. And we said, we need to start having weekly church services and we need to start thinking of this as a real church. And that's when things took off for virtual reality church, that little psychological shift. Uh, it's not a ministry. It's not a little you know, side thing that we're doing. This is uh, the body of Christ in the metaverse. And so that's the birth of, of VR church. And since then we've planted multiple churches across the metaverse. Um, if someone's confused about that, you can think of the metaverse as like uh, virtual cities. Like, you know, we have like Tokyo and Paris and London and the metaverse has the same idea that there's different virtual cities that people inhabit. And so we've planted churches in these virtual cities. So virtual reality church is more than just a, uh, a church, a single church that exists. We're a church planning movement in the metaverse. And that spawned a, a new ministry, a new church system called MMO Church. And that's been um, an exciting um, uh, foray into a new 
part of the metaverse. It's a whole other beast. And so we've been planting churches on there and those are just growing and thriving as well. So um, VR Church and MMO Church have recently come together as one ministry, um, at, at least in the Discord, there's, it's separate, but together. Um, and we call it VR MMO Church. And uh, yeah, so that's the little quick history of who we are, where we came from and, and a little bit of what we're doing. Yeah, I love it, DJ. So, so fascinating to see how God, um, God just kind of, as we're just journeying life, He just intersects and encourages and guides and directs. And and as you said, you you had no initial intention of planting a VR church, um, mm-hmm. and yet uh, through your experiences, God seemed to open those doors. And now you've been doing it for several years, and if as you said, created a movement where there are multiple um, churches that are being planted. I guess one of the big questions I have, DJ, is how is what um, what you're doing with VR Church and with MMO Church, uh, how, how is it similar to physical church? And, and how is it different? Because I know a lot of people who are probably just listening and haven't experienced it are trying to figure out, like, how, how is this church... You know, are, are there are there holes in it and those types of things? And I know you've had multiple conversations about this, mm-hmm. so kind of walk yeah. us through a little bit similarities and differences that you see. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of rabbit trails we can go down to, so I might you know peek down sure. a little trail trail and come back up. But um, it, in one sense, on one hand, it's very similar to a physical church experience. There's not much difference in format and function as far as the elements that we would perhaps agree on that our church, as far as worship, corporate worship, um, sermons, uh, prayer, uh, sacraments, even baptisms, that kind of becomes a controversial topic. Um, small groups, all these different elements that the physical church expresses, we express that um, just as much and then some in virtual reality. So to some degree, um, when you come in on a Sunday morning, there isn't a whole lot of uh, difference. You come in, you spawn in the environment, and you'll come in. And it has a bit of a mega church feel as far as, like, there's a big jumbotron screen. Uh, we'll do announcements. There's a formal side to the service with announcements, prayer, um, and some worship music as well. And then we'll go into the sermon. And this is where it starts to look different. So for most of my ministry history, I've, whenever I preached, I would speak from a pulpit on the stage. You know, maybe there would be a few I- illustrations over my head. But in virtual reality, the, the game is the game has changed in that we build these experiences. So think about uh, Moses in the Red Sea, that part pa- uh, portion of scripture in the Bible. We just covered that because of uh, going through uh, Hebrews, and we'll build that. So I'm not preaching from the stage anymore. We're walking through these different experiences, um, going through the Red Sea. Uh, one of my favorite moments was when uh, Paul was sh- shipwrecked in the storm that came. We were on a ship. The rain was coming down, and and we walked onto the to the ground where the the snake was, and there was fire there, and and so all these different elements through Scripture, all the narratives and all the experiences that we've seen, we're experiencing them th- themselves. Um, it's a fascinating. Uh, world that we're going into. And uh, what we're discovering is because of that format, if you will, um, we believe that there's that the scriptures are imprinting in the spirit of the individual that we haven't seen before because the the word of God is becoming tactile. So it's not just an audible thing. And maybe there is some, you know, if, if a church sermon has a slides or whatever. No, you're actually walking through it and experiencing it as if you were there. 
Um, and going back to, there's no shortage of YouTubes of people reacting because it feels real. Now we're in these environments where it feels real. Noah's Ark, the Red Sea, all all these different things that we've done, and we build a set each week. Um, Hebrews has been fascinating. Going through the old. Um, you know, the tabernacle system and building that and walking through that and talking about the most holy of holies. And and it, there's just no shortage of imagery or um, a technology that we can't use to make the scriptures come to life. And so it, you'll, you'll see that at, at first and on one hand, it's very similar. And then you'll see how it morphs into something very different. And that's one key thing to think about as we move into the experience age. And that's what this is. Virtual reality, augmented reality rep represents the experience age. We're leaving the information age and going into the experience age. And that's what it's going to reflect that our churches from the future are going to be building experiences, whether they're in VR or AR, um, augmented reality, which is you know, a whole other conversation. Um, so the similarities are there, yet the differences are there. And one thing that's really important to, to think about is when we first planted VR Church, we tried to replicate the church one for one. And looking back, that was a mistake, not because of anything that's necessarily wrong with the physical church. It was just we're in a new medium. And to replicate it one for one wasn't what God wanted us to do. We believe he wants us to not replicate, but reimagine. And so this is an opportunity as we move into the experience days to reimagine what church could be. I know that's uncomfortable for some, you know, they've liked the format and the systems and structures of yesteryear. And that's great. And that's has been a, such a powerful um, system or mechanism, or I'm not sure the word I'm looking for, but exp powerful expression of church. But as we move into this new area, we're not chucking out theology or doctrine. We're just uh, retooling the technology and expressing it in a different way, in a reimagined way. So that's just a quick, if I could throw that out to church leaders too, as you go into this shifting into this new, um, be careful not to replicate just for the sake of replication. Like one for one, this is what we know church to look like, and this is how we're going to replicate it. I think years later, you're going to find that's going to not serve you well. It's a really good thing and a very difficult thing, I know, to start to reimagine what church could be. Is it just a Sunday morning event, one hour event, and then maybe a group? What can church be in this new digital format where we're connected in different ways, and especially when you use VR and AR? Yeah, that, that's fascinating, DJ. And, and I think that brings us to a question of just kind of distilling what church is, you know, distilling mm -hmm. down what church really is. What are the essentials of church? What what makes church church um, versus not quite church, right? Versus maybe just a ministry. So in the years that you've been doing this, I know you and your team, you've had to pray through through those types of things. You mentioned the sacraments. I remember when you and I first met um, at Facebook headquarters, you shared a baptism with us um, that, that had occurred in, in your VR church, um, uh, you know, video screen capture of that baptism. Can you talk to us a little bit about where, where has God brought you as far as the essentials of church and how that can be expressed in virtual reality? Because as you mentioned, that, that there are some pieces in there that are really hard for, for a lot of people to wrap their, their brains around, wrap their minds around, uh, their imagination around. So can you talk us through that a bit? Yeah, and that's a, that's a tough question because I know it, things can kind, can, get, 
can get kind of splintered in the degree that, um, you know, I've been, you know, through Bible school, interacted, interacted with seminary and denominations and all this. And I've seen where we've defined church in a particular way. And one denomination had like seven pillars of the church or seven elements or something like that. I can't remember the exact number. But if you were to take those elements and apply it to the New Testament church, they you, you wouldn't define the New Testament church as a church because it didn't have all those seven elements. So it feels like we need to take a moment and pause and say, um, what are the, the core elements of what a church is? And because I think that maybe sometimes we are used to a construct that's not actually even what church is. And so if, if I was to be specific, I would mean like a church is a one hour event on Sunday morning. And that's what church is. And then that would make me go pause. Okay, well, uh, we should think, let's talk about that one. Because I don't know that that is what church is, but I think that's how it's perhaps portrayed in, in our current expression of church. And so um, it's it's kind of like a really good opportunity before we, let's say, criticize a church like virtual reality church or define what church we're going to be in, in the digital. Let's actually take a pause and look at what we are expressing now. Is this even church? Or did we just evolve into something um, just out of habit, just out of you know tradition or history? And so, and that's a super tough question to have because it's it'd be difficult to kind of um, unravel a bit or kind of go to the code of how we're expressing church. So, I think it's a challenge. I think it needs to have. I think the pandemic, you know, um, has forced that conversation. And so, to some degree, I think there is. It's really good. Um, that churches are having that conversation, struggling with it. Um, th there still seems to be an anti-digital attitude that's still per prevailing. And that's that's unfortunate because I think that the future is is digital, virtual, or augmented. It's definitely going to be the, the focus of, of churches and ministries for the future. So um, I might I might have gotten off track on your question. <laughs> Do you want to repeat it again? I went oh, off yeah. on a thread on my... No, no, just just kind of what the essentials of of church uh, okay, gotcha, might yeah. be, and and how how does yeah. VR church you know express yeah. those kind of essentials? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for us, one thing that we talk about is when Jesus says, "When when two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in, I am there in the midst of there." And so I've talked about that with our church. I said, you know, let's say we were in a grass field. If two or three of us are gathered in the name of Christ, and Christ is there. And if that's not church, you know, I don't know what is. And so um, I think at the fundamental level, at, at its core for us, church is the gathering of, of the, the believers. And uh, whether we have a fancy virtual reality build or whether we're gathering in a small living room or a, a house church, a mega church, whatever, um, the, the gathering of the two or three and Christ being in the midst of them, I think that is the foundation of what the church is. And then we build on some different ideas, sacraments, and let's have a small group. And there's all these other things that we build. And, um, you know, some churches are able to build higher because of resources or, you know, uh, different elements of us. But for us, we try to, we try to keep it very simple. Um, and we try to also break the idea that church is a one hour event, because that is still very much a heavy psychological mm -hmm. um uh, realization that people have. That's how they understand church. Because they'll come in and say, well, this isn't church because perhaps we don't have, you know, the uh, the wooden pews going down the middle in a pulpit, so to speak. And so we attribute church to a particular design, a particular time of, of the week. And so we're trying to expand out of that to say church can be so much more than that. It can include that maybe, 
but it also includes many other things. So um, for us at the core, um, that's how we would, would view the gathering at yeah, the church. That's good. That's helpful. Um, you, you shared, DJ, that VR Church is consistent with Christianity's history of um, adapting to new forms of media, new expressions, that, that this is part of what it means to, you know, when we look back across the history of, of Christ's church, is that it continues to adapt. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because uh, again, uh, and I think this is just kind of in the same vein, this idea that we have some preconceptions of what church is, but if we lived 200 years ago, 400 years ago, a thousand years ago, <laughs> It'd be completely mm. different. You know what I mean? It's completely yeah. different. So it's yeah. we often get caught up in what, what's closest to us. And so right. can you talk to us a little bit about how how the church has continued to honor God and yet adapt um, over over history and, and how that relates to VR Church? Yeah. And well, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see just when you look historically how the, the creativity and the innovation of individuals or group of people have really shaped things. I mean, from you go as far as back as the Gutenberg Press, um, and that re that revolution in and of itself, um, the circuit riders of yesteryear. Um, there's it just seems like there is that innovative flair to to the body of Christ that never dies. It, you know, it might be suppressed, it might be laughed at or rejected, um, but at the end of the day, those that innovative uh, flair is never stuffed out, and so. You know, we move into, you know, the 20th century and 21st century with, you know, television and radio. And I, you just love to see how that has been established in, in, in Christianity. And um, you see it as well in, um, you know, technology such as, you know, the Internet as it, as it come along. And um, it, it does seem like, if I can just pause, you know, there is a, the, the innovative side and there is the laggard side of it as well, where churches tend to go kicking and screaming into this new, techno <laughs> new technology, uh, which is unfortunate. And I had friends, and I don't remember this controversy, but I had friends saying when they were trying to set up a website for their church at the beginning of the web, you know, the uh, church leadership was like, no, that's porn and, porn and video games. Right. Uh, but look, but I can't imagine any church not having some type of web presence. You know, the resistance to social media. Now you, you, social media is a must as well. And so there's that same innovative attitude happening with um, VR and AR, but there's still the laggard attitude, right? Um, saying uh, that's porn and video games. It's, it's kind of like a copy and paste conversation from 20, 30 years ago. And so the unfortunate side of that is uh, we just need to move forward into these things. It's, it's, it's so important that there are people that come to our church and VR church and MMO church that would never step foot in a church. And I think that's really important to consider. Sure, love for them to get to connected physically at a local church, but for a, a lot of a lot of these individuals, that's not going to happen. And maybe that will in the future, and that that would be at, fantastic. Um, but until then, I think that churches need to utilize the technologies that they have, um, and not to not be afraid of it. They do not to be afraid that people are not going to attend or they're not going to give anymore. Cause I think those are the two fears. Like we're going to lose attendance and we're going to lose giving. Um, and a lot of how we do church or it feels like there's a little pressure to main those two elements. And so to really release those two sides, attendance and giving uh, to the degree of moving into new things, it's really important. Um, and I think church leaders should, should really consider that. I think it's also a generational thing. Um, many of our church leaders and 
that I have utmost respect for. They were they were educated in a seminary system um, that had zero virtual or digital in, instruction or, or, or assumptions. And so either they evolved and many have, and that's that's fantastic, great examples for us, or, or they have it. And they just kind of look at it like it was one pastor said, when I was talking about VR churches, like, I'm glad I'm retiring, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it was, it was a funny, just little interaction we had, but it also just represents an attitude of like, I, I don't want to minister in this new world, right? And so there is a generational thing. And so like the conversations that, let's say you and I have, or I have with other pastors, it's about whether we should do this or not. There's like, it's hesitation. Like maybe we're doing something anti-biblical or there's this really like concern, but like the next gen, like my kids, and I see how they express their faith and um, how they interact. It's not going to be an issue at all. It's not going to be even cross their mind that, that digital or virtual communities and relationships or events, um, all of that can exist. So um, it is a challenging time, I think. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it. it. It's tough conversations to have. Um, I do encourage like church leaders to have them um, and to move forward because I know there's this one aspect of having the conversation that makes us feel good. Well, we talked about it and it sounds innovative, but you know, we're not moving forward into any of those things. That's so that's a tough thing where people can kind of get stuck. So um, yeah, those are, I don't know, some thoughts to, to chew on to consider. Yeah. Very helpful DJ. Um, one thing that, uh, so let's talk pandemic, right? So pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many churches were um, had some sort of online expression to some degree. Um and and just kind of had to amp that up. Lots of churches didn't really have anything and found themselves in a place where they needed to kind of create something because people couldn't gather physically in a room during that time. Um, we're, we're coming um, out of the pandemic um, and a lot of the conversation right now in local churches, you know, with pastors and church leaders is um, people have been attending online. Will they make the shift back to in-person worship and some people are you know very very much craving i mean in in lots of ways i think just human experience we like being around people i mean that's just something you know we a lot of people you know are excited they're able to go out to dinner with friends you know you know as 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 things start opening up right so just as the human experience side of it but but one of the concerns is that that pastors are are voicing right now will our people return i mean they've gotten comfortable you know just you know turning on uh, the TV, Roku or whatever, YouTube, jumping on a, a live stream, whatever it is. Um, and so there's this conversation with majority of churches, like, hey, we've, are, have, who's in, who's not? Have we, have we lost a lot of people um, in our church to some sort of online, virtual, digital um, expression? Is, is that how they're going to, quote unquote, do church from now on? How would you speak into that? You know, thinking about other other pastors, I know it's very very different because um, they they don't have a, a VR expression of church, mm-hmm. but just just the concern of people maybe not returning to um, a physical building. Um, can can you just kind of speak into into that? Because I know some so many people are struggling with, and yep. you've already been there, you know, before yeah. the pandemic. You've already be, kind of been in there. So so, what can you share with pastors who are you know trying to wrestle through that? Yeah, you know, um, I'd have to think about that one. That's a, that's a tough question because to some degree, I, I do have thoughts about it, but to some degree, I, I'm disconnected from that world because our church doesn't have a physical location. We, we've expressed ourselves virtually mm-hmm. and, and through virtual reality. And so to some degree, and I know it sounds 
I hope this doesn't sound pretentious, but you know, as far as the pandemic, it didn't affect us. It just caused us yeah. to grow. You know, nothing was shut down. You know, BBC right. didn't did a uh, segment on the church that didn't close its doors, talking about virtual reality church. Um, and so I've I've seen um, like one of our church board members. Um, he has a, a church in Montana who, even before the pandemic, took the approach that a person who attends online and a person who attends physically is no different. They're equal. And that's how we view the way we talk and speak and express our church is that they both exist um, as equals. You know, the physical church contender is not better because they came and sat on the pew than the one, you know, than the mom, you know, who's sick at home with kids and has the online campus going with the chat as well. So um, to that degree, that type of church attitude and mindset, I think, is paving themselves to to do well in the future. I, I do think it's tough if someone's saying, will they ever come back? Then I, I still think that respectfully you're a little bit behind because they are wanting to come back, but not just necessarily physically. Are you going to have, a, you know, a small groups online? Are you going to have your prayer events online? Can they attend online? And that's so important uh, to think about. Well, did we lose them? No, not if, You've dove in to create some mechanisms, some systems, some experiences that they can experience as your church with. Because they love your church. They, they love your community. They love your, you know, the preaching and the worship and all that. But uh, it's a different world now. And they want to, m many people will want to go physically, but many people want to attend. And, and I think a lot of people are in, probably be in between. Hmm. And to capture that, I think it's so important to really... If you can elevate to the understanding, I know this is tough to say they're they're equal. I think it's going to benefit your church, and I think at the end of the day, in the long run, it's gonna it's gonna bring them back physically if that's your goal. But I think the philosophy and the attitude is to treat them both equally and to put a lot of energy, effort, time to to make it so that their experience online is uh, no different than someone attending physically. So. I do think that's a f that's the future to some degree. I, I haven't kept up with a lot of the you know the Barna um, type of things, but that's some of the things I read at least months ago that it just wasn't looking good as far as you know people coming back. But don't misunderstand that doesn't mean they're leaving your church. They're just leaving the idea of a physical event on Sunday morning, um, and so it's really important to create that. Um, so. I, I don't think it's a, uh, it needs to be a loss, but I do think the attitude and the mindset moving forward will will dictate whether it is a loss or, or a win for you for your church. Yeah, that that's good and very helpful. And DJ, one of the things as you were talking, I was just thinking about um, the the average in person attendance, um, you know, of of people who are quote unquote regular church attendees. You know the, the number of times they actually physically show up and attend has been decreasing. You know for for the last oh, yeah, two decades, before right? The pandemic, right? Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so what's fascinating, and, and this is what I was thinking of as you were talking. What's fascinating is um, that was already occurring. You know, people were already averaging you know less than two times a month, and that was a regular you know attendee. You know, showing mm -hmm. up. Um, but 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 what you're saying is as churches begin to lean into a digital expression of church and as they begin to to see that as uh equal you know those who are attending um in a virtual or digital expression as equal as those who are attending in an in-person expression um then then really <laughs> there's opportunity to increase 
um, you know, to, yes. to change the, the, the trajectory of what we have been experiencing as the mm -hmm. capital C church for decades. You know, I mean, this mm -hmm. uh, because if we can begin to look at, yeah, if people aren't physically in the building, but they can still attend, they can still be a part of, of our church wherever they are. So if they have, a, a, you know, parents who are ill and they have to go and, and stay with them for months in another, mm. you know, state, um, they can still be a part of the church and experience the church and, and, and it's not that, that loss. So it's almost yeah. like there are some ways that this, this shift is kind of, I think, helping us recognize that there is a lot of hope, you know what I mean? There's a lot of upside on on this. Whenever we can get beyond the, you have to be in the room physically mm -hmm. to quote unquote count, <laughs> you know what I mean, right. in some way, right? Yeah, yeah, and I think like you said, there is an opportunity for increase. So I, I feel like if you're shifting your attitudes, if you're really um, changing the whole mindset of of your organization to, as David Addison calls it, an omni-channel approach where people can interact physically, hybrid, digitally, whatever. I do think it's not just okay. We're barely going to get out of this. No, I think, like you said, there's an opportunity for increase in this in this time. And so, um, and I think it's just getting in there, having the tough questions, including the church. So, like a little asterisk here mm -hmm. is that there are people. Let, let let's say you're you're senior staff, your senior leadership, you know, you, you weren't groomed or, you know, uh, educated or birthed in this whole social media virtual system. There are people in your church that would do it in a heartbeat. And just opening up that conversation to the church is like, hey, this is what we love to do. We need help. You have those innovators, you have those digital professionals, you have all those people that can help you set that up and help you do it well because i've been through a lot of great churches i've been a part of great churches one mistake we made is we always wanted to present the final product to the church which is good i'm not saying that's bad whether a program a service or whatever but there has to be room for experimentation especially now like you need to be able to experiment uh, itinerate these whole I the ideas of what your church could be because you can follow a form and a model and that's great too but What's particular unique to your church that you need to create a digital you know, ecosystem around and to be able to get those pioneers and innovators that are in your church and help them and set them free to experiment, I think is going to be is going to be very powerful. So I know as churches, we you know, we have this let's present this. Well, it's great. But I think they're, it's kind of like I was sorry, this little rapid trail. I was fascinated by this little podcast I was listening to where, where Microsoft almost didn't launch Xbox. Xbox is this massive, you know, arm of the Microsoft family now. Like, you know, it's all it's all over everyone's living room. And um, one of the things that uh, the team says is that we need to be separate from Microsoft. It's not completely separate, but just we need to be alone. We need to be able to experiment and do these things. And at the end of the day, Bill Gates was very hesitant as the leader of Microsoft. But then he says, "Okay, I believe in what you guys are doing. Here's the funding. Here's Go work on that project and, and bring forth some innovation, which has been which has been amazing. And so I feel like the church has lost that um, innovative arm, that um, subsidiary attitude that these technological companies have, where you can carve off a side of your ministry and throw a little bit of money, throw a little bit of people and, and support, encouragement. And I think it's going to come back in in, um, in multiple ways. And so um, to do that with the technology, uh, social media, virtual reality, augmented reality. I think it's really important. It's just, I think it's like a, a whole I, long way of saying that 
now it's time to bring back the innovative side of the church. We've, we've had a form and a function and structure that served us really well until it didn't. And mm. now we're at that point where we need to make that shift and revitalize the innovators and the pioneers of our church so they can help us move forward into the future. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, and just thinking about it, when we look again across the history of the church, um, from the very, very beginning, from the early church, you know, the, the disciples and the apostles and all the creative things, the innovative things they had to do. And then you look throughout the history, just continued, continued, continued. And, and it's the breath of the, the, the Holy Spirit, you know, breathing into the church and, and mm. continuing to, to uh, push us and help us to see how big and expansive God truly is. So, so mm. I, I love that. DJ, if, if, I was trying to think about um, pastors listening right now, ministry leaders listening to this conversation. And there, I was thinking there might be a, a, a couple people who are listening that, that are intrigued to dig a little more deeply. Uh, some might be thinking, and God might be have been speaking into their heart, into their life, about planting um, a virtual church you know, in, in some way. Others might be pastors who, are, again, uh, they have a physical church, and yet they see the importance and value of, um, like you said, in, in investing more time, energy, and resources into a, a digital expression of the church. So can you um, share some, some thoughts, some ideas, or resources, really, places you can point people who might either, A, be considering planting a church like this, or B, um, really wanting to know how can we help our church have that expression as well. What would you recommend? You know, what where yeah. are some resources or places to go? Or yeah, let me let me touch on the mindset, and then we'll get to like logistics. So, okay. uh, like, there's there's three aspects real quick where we think of like uh, the digital church. Like, um, should we do something? Um, the should is like, is it theologically correct? Um, you know. Is it is it biblical? The second part from should is how or not how. It's could we do something? Okay, we should do it, but can we do baptisms? Can we do this other thing? I'm not sure if we can do that. So it's like the second level, and then really what I'm trying to get everyone to is the third level is when you've gone through the should and the in the can, and now you're at the how, and it's a mindset. So you know I can talk about all these other things, but to kind of get back to your leadership and the church and, and maybe redigging the foundation a bit, refortifying it with these things. It's so important because now you're going to build upon that. And I find that churches kind of get hung up in the should, could side, should, can. But mm -hmm. once you break into the how, you, you've clear, right, we can do it. We can do it all. Uh, we can have online members. And now you get to the how. That's when things start to get interesting. Before then, you're just in the land of hesitation that doesn't really produce anything. Um, so once you get into the how, there's some really beautiful things you, you can start getting into, uh, particularly with virtual reality. Uh, the first thing I would encourage a, a church to do is to buy an Oculus Quest 2. I mentioned the Oculus Rift, the latest iteration is an Oculus Quest 2. Uh, the prices, like any technology, are going down. The form factor is is much uh, smaller. Uh, when I first got into VR, even just years ago, it was like a couple thousand dollars and big bulky headset with sensors. But now it's a standalone $200, $300 um, headset, very powerful. And so even in the short term, we've seen that. And the reason you need to get it is you need to get like two or three for your team, at least one, and have people experiment. Just go into experimentation mode. You don't have to declare anything. You don't have to announce that we're doing anything official. You just start experimenting uh, with what this is all about. And then once you go into experimentation phase, I think you're going to explore and discover some things. So I think for me, it's 
you know, I could talk to a hundred pastors and have a big weekend seminar, or I could put you in for like 30 seconds or, you know, you know, one minute, and then the light bulb is going to go on. So uh, for churches that are looking to get into it, they need to just invest not very much money into uh, the possibility of getting this technology and having their team, perhaps their online campus pastor, perhaps a layman that would come in and, um, be involved in that ministry. And then step two, what I, I what I would encourage is try a small group out. If you there's probably people in your church that have VR. It's I think Oculus Quest 2 itself has sold 8 million. And that's a significant number for an early technology to have that many uh, sold. And people are acquiring them little by little. It probably hasn't reached you know full adoption in you know technology, but it's it's heading that way. So there's probably people that would have it in your church or once you say hey we're experimenting with a small group in VR Boom, people are going out and buying it. They're going to be excited about that. Once you start casting innovation for something like that, I wouldn't doubt people would buy the VR headset. And then, uh, you know, you, you're, you've bought it, you've explored it, you're experimenting maybe with a small group or something, you know, gathering, whatever, whatever you decide to do. And then I, I think right behind that, you're going to discover like, uh, we need to have an on uh, a virtual reality campus, and particularly for those that are multi-site, particularly for those that have adopted an online church model. Uh, a virtual reality campus is a no-brainer. That's your next step, where your online campus, which is you know a great experience, a, a screen and chat, can now move into 3D interactions. And now your campus pastor isn't just speaking to you one way. You're actually walking by him saying hello, giving him a high five, and walking into your experience. And so there's a little pathway for you that you can engage in. Um, it doesn't have to happen all at once. It doesn't have to spend a ton of money on it, but I do think getting into it, experimenting and exploring, and you're going to discover some amazing things. And that's going to prep you for the future when, let's say, who knows, 2030, it is just as expected to have a VR experience as you would to have a website, social media. There is going to be a point where people are going to expect that from companies, from sports teams, from churches and all of that. And so that's going to pave the way for the future. So get in there, get in there early, have the conversation you need to have um, and really empower people to, to, to get into this. As far as like knowledge and understanding, uh, you know, feel free to contact me. Um, VRchurch.org is a great uh, website where we just have some, uh, you know, you can just kind of pick your brain a little bit, read some articles that were written about us. Um, there's another VR pastor that's gotten in the space this past year, Pastor, uh, I call him J-Po, Jason Poland. I have to think of his real name because of <laughs> his, on, his online name. Uh, but he he's an interesting guy, too. And he, he might be an equally just as or more than uh, made to talk to because he has a physical church with VR campuses. Um, so he's dove in into that hybrid model. Uh, so he'd be he'd be great to talk to. I think they just hired um, what they call a metaverse pastor, which I think think is the first that I've heard of um, in the world. And so, um, yeah, there are definitely individuals out there like me, Pastor Jepo. Uh, there's another minister, uh, Pastor uh, Bill Willenbrock, um, and he uh, he does ministry in VR too. So um, yeah, there there's resources and individuals out there to chat, you know, pick the brain about and. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting because I think we're just beginning something that's going to be powerful for the future. Yeah, that's awesome, DJ. It's been so good to, to chat with you. Thank you. Fascinating conversation. Love what, what you're doing for the kingdom, how God's using you and your team. Uh, if people want to connect with you, um, can you share you know how they connect with you on social and then also websites for um, the church and if they want to kind of learn more and dig in a bit more? 
where could they do that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the, the simplest place was vrchurch.org. I think I have a couple of my um, social media links along with the church social media there too. So they can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever. Send me a DM and yeah, we'll have a conversation. Awesome. Perfect. Brother, thank you yeah. so much for taking the time to be with us again. Such an yeah, incredible conversation. God bless you. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Church Leaders Podcast. Be sure to check out the other episodes in this series. You don't want to miss out on the full discussion. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of our interviews. We'd appreciate it if you could take just a few moments to let us know your thoughts by leaving us a review on your preferred podcast platform or sending an email to podcast at churchleaders.com. Your positive reviews and ratings help other ministry leaders find us and benefit from our content. So until next time, this is Jason Day encouraging you to love well and lead well. You've been listening to the Church Leaders Podcast. For articles, videos, and free resources that will help you lead better every day, visit our website at churchleaders.com. Thanks for listening.